From Seattle across the Pacific Ocean to Tokyo, Japan, and all points throughout history, this is the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast, your podcast where we talk about what's happening in Japan, the United States, and historical context. My name is Jim Valley from the Seattle area, longtime wrestling fan, and we go across the Pacific Rim to Tokyo, Japan, and the longtime reporter and historian Fumi Saito. Hello, how are you? Good. I think I'm still tired from WrestleMania. <laughs> the whole week of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. There was so much. It was so long. Uh-huh. It was a lot of good stuff, but, man, it was long. Yeah, yeah. I p- pretty much watched everything myself from the, from Japan, the WWE Network. Yes, you know, start, you know, started from Hall of Fame, obviously, and watched TakeOver, NXT TakeOver, of course. Then got up five o'clock in the morning and watched pre-show of WrestleMania and the entire show, like seven hours, or probably eight hours altogether, right? <laughs> yeah, I watched all of that too. There was a that was a lot. I feel like there was a lot of good things at WrestleMania, the card, the main card, including the battle royals and things. But mm-hmm, I felt mm-hmm. like it's still very long. So. Yeah, I, well, I some like... people think it's going to be two-day things in the near future, you know, day one and day two, you know? We'll see. Yeah. See what, uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. I guess for us, the big news coming out of WrestleMania and again SmackDown, which is something you broadcast online on DAZN in Japan, which we've talked about, is yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. He's now a heel. What was your what Big was your heel thought? turn, huh? What, would you, what was your thought when you saw the heel turn? Well, not a lot of thing came up, you know, in my mind. That's a lot of people, including Japanese fans, obviously, but people in America too. That the, this time Nakamura will beat AJ Styles to become WWE champion at WrestleMania. A lot of people thought it that way, right? We were both. You, we 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 had the prediction. Both wrong. <laughs> you thought that Nakamura was yeah, going to win, and I thought that AJ yeah. Styles was going to win, and then okay. in the other match. I thought that Oscar was going to win, and you sh- thought that no Charlotte flair. was going to win. So we we yeah. flipped those predictions. We're one and one. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess both both of us are pretty much for you know, swerved. <laughs> I guess you that's know. why we still watch wrestling because we can't predict it for shit. That's probably the truth. Oh game. God, bad! We're bad. Yeah, we're terrible. <laughs> it's okay, you know, because I'm not ashamed, you know, and yeah. I enjoyed it, you know. I got one. And, uh, so, what do you what do you think about Nakamura as a heel? Ooh, that's um, that's a tough one because um, it's positive and negative though because it's kind of a positive because this uh, he's been the main roster over a year now, but he was always treated like he is. This guy's a star from Japan. The artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura or, you know, almost like an outsider, you know. Of course, he's a WWE superstar and the, the, in the main roster, under contract and everything. But that, uh, say, AJ Styles saying that, that this is my dream match, right? And uh, all those things, you know, that point to the direction that uh, Nakamura is international superstar from Japan that happened to be in WWE this year or something. But now he's he's making a heel turn and he is in storyline of pure WWE. This is almost like a beginning to me. See, one year he was treated 
at somebody very special uh, on SmackDown, single match against John Cena, single match against Randy Orton, all those things. He beat those names and to introduce him as somebody very new, somebody sensational, but somewhat coming from outside, obviously, you know, international superstar came to America to be in WWE kind of thing. Now he's involved in storyline that he's pure WWE storyline superstar is how I look at it. Now, make any sense? I've been a big fan of Nakamura's for for a long time when he was when he was with Japanese videos. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Is he injured? Because it sure seems like his body looks different. And also his his wrestling. I mean, that match was not, I think, what anybody expected. So my question for you is, why do yeah. you think that is? Was that was that because he's injured? Is that because he's in Japan in the United I don't States? Think, and he I don't think I do don't it? think he's in. I don't think he's injured at all. Okay. Plus, I think his body looks better now than he did then. See, he's in in a different gym and a different training method. And American diet, and uh, he has more muscle definition and cut the everything uh, more more so than he ever had in Japan. He, he didn't look like he weighed, you know, lifted much weight then, but now he has more cut and definition in his body, back, chest, stomach. You know, I think he's um, like training different method, more American weight training program. And I don't think his body looks worse. I mean, uh, in fact, he, his body looks a lot better now. I feel than like he, he did looks two very years small, ago. very thin, very frail. Please, yeah, he's always been pretty thin. He was never a heavy guy. Tall, real tall for Japanese, right? So, I don't know. I was wondering if maybe the match wasn't great because you can't be spectacular with a heel because you don't want the heel to be spectacular because otherwise the crowd will cheer him. Well, cause the heel turn, babyface turn is not forever thing. Um, I would look at it like by being heel, he gained good three years of heel run. That means another three-year turn babyface run. So he's in program. See, um, unless you're Hulk Hogan, well, Hulk Hogan even turned heel in NWO, but uh, um, you cannot... Well, John Cena is an ex- 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 exception that he, yeah, he always will be babyface. But most wrestlers t- turn, you know, babyface run, heel run, babyface run, heel run, Flair, Randy Orton, Triple H, you know. So when you were watching uh, it on the Zone SmackDown on Tuesday, mm-hmm. what did you mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. of his performance? Like the no speak English. What did what did you what did you think of that? Because that was obviously that make he, you heal. He, yeah, he added he added a very heavy accent on purpose. Mm-hmm. His accent is pretty heavy, heavy, but this was a stereotypical accent, right? Yeah, he did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, because it makes sure that he's heal now. Yes. You know, he get gets out of his dressing room. Well, it's a set, but uh, you know, uh, he gets, walks out of the dressing room and he answers his clean English and everything. And as soon as he's asked, so what was the purpose of doing his attacking AJ Styles and all those? I speak no English. And then, and then, and just make sure he's heal now. My dream right now, <laughs> not a dream though, but uh, it's not gonna happen. But uh, 
if somebody like Paul Heyman manages him, that will make him Brock Lesnar like heel. See, as long as you're heel, you should be a big heel too, you know? Not half-ass, you know, mediocre heel. If you're going to be a heel, you should be heel all the way, 100%. And uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that they're not going to do it. But uh, if you have advocate like Paul Heyman, that would make him special heel and he doesn't have to speak. Has there been anything you've seen thus far with Nakamura as a heel that has surprised you pleasantly? Um, I'm looking forward to it because uh, they're serious about it. You know the way they, you know, he, you know, they made made him do the running at, for the main event, AJ Styles against Daniel Bryan. They, the people wanted to see spectacular match. The match was pretty good until Nakamura made running. Then he attacked Daniel Bryan first, then attacked AJ Styles. They even made him even bigger heel. And I'm hoping that, uh, like in SummerSlam, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, triple threat for SummerSlam or something. The match content, that the match will be guaranteed spectacular. AJ Styles against Daniel Bryan against Nakamura, triple threat. Does that sound any good? I think that sounds good. I think it could be great. I mean, and I know some people will be upset saying that's not the way to use Daniel Bryan, but I think much like Nakamura lost SummerSlam last year to Jinder Mahal, you can kind of use Bryan just to put him in there and then, you know, his real run comes when WrestleMania happens next year at Wrestle for WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. That's when you save Bryan's big ascension to whatever title or whatever major feud he's using. So yeah, I, I think it would work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they have to work against each other because that's a candidate, you know, that's a good match. Oh, they're going to do the Superstar Shake-Up next week, Monday and Tuesday, and a lot of people, you know, Raw Superstar will move to SmackDown and the SmackDown Superstar will move to Raw, but that Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles should stick together still. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan goes to Raw, but we'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But after this, you know, like uh, starting from Backlash, uh, no Raw pay-per-view or SmackDown pay-per-view. That, that this April, was that April? May, May 6th, May 6th. But uh, starting from Backlash pay-per-view all the way that there's not going to be one single brand pay-per-view. Each pay-per-view have superstars from both brands. So the match can always happen. So what were your thoughts on Oscar losing? You weren't surprised by that. No, no, not at all. I even think that uh, they did this Oscar winning streak and they made such a big deal uh, out of it so they can have Charlotte Flair beat her. You know? I make, don't know. I... make Asuka such a big star, therefore, your superstar, Charlotte Flair, can beat her. Yeah. I don't know. I think Charlotte was already a star, just like she lost to Carmella, and it's not going to hurt her. I think she could have lost to Asuka. Oh, not this one. No, the, the way the, the money in the bank is a joke, you know? So it was okay okay because the way she you know charlotte lost the title like that 
she's not going to lose any heat, you know. No, no, no not at all. But the, she's now free to go raw or stay in SmackDown. It's still in the fo- still in the focal point. And uh, I think they want people to be hungry for another Charlotte Asuka match, and they're not going to let it happen for a while. And then let people wait until second meet. So when not just one time deal. You know, with the with the debut of so many people after <coughs> WrestleMania, you know, like Bobby oh, Lashley God, and, yeah. and No Way Jose and the Icon. No Way Jose. What do you think of yeah, No Way Jose? What do you think of No Way Jose? No Way Jose looks just like the other guy who had the dancing what was his name is slipping in my mind. Adam Rose? Yeah, very similar, you know. So somebody like that, you can always have one one guy like that, and he will not be your main event, right? No. Yeah, so it's okay to have a newcomer, you know, because it's just it's a season, a new season after WrestleMania. Yes, you will have a lot of you know new superstar, and God, having a hard time memorizing those Royce and uh, Billy, you know, Kay and. As they didn't look like they were ready, you know. They looked so rookie, you know, in there. Well, let me ask you this: but, like when you are on the zone in Japan, and I know you have the yeah. WWE. Would I network, say that? You have the WWE network, but how do you go about trying to introduce when someone like No Way Jose, or in particular the Iconics, who obviously are being put on much higher yeah. level, how do you explain that to uh, to the Japanese audience? Um, I'll just be honest, and you know, they came up from you know main roster from NXT, and uh, yeah, and uh, the way they they made him debut, so obviously there's some push, right? So I just go along, you know, and uh, they beat up Charlotte Flair two on one, of course, but uh, yeah, so he was uh, just how it happens, and I was just gonna. I'm not, not going to you know, explain much, but I'll be the witness of it, you know? Sure. So yeah, uh, yeah. let's talk about WrestleMania. And uh, yeah. I was impressed. I thought, the it, be- for me, the best match of the night was Ronda Rousey. I thought she did incredible. Oh, so good, huh? Yeah, she was Yeah, awesome. I thought so, too. Oh, what the way they did the punch in, yeah, to, to the punching punch, punch to the, to Triple H into the corner. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably, she, she's the best pure striker in the WWE now. Oh, of course, it's real convincing, you know. Like we believe that uh, she could beat up beat up guys, right? Yeah. I think almost that, thought that yeah. if she decides to go to go back to UFC or whatever she decides to do next, whether it's going to be movies or what have you, I think whatever move she makes whether it's fighting or other entertainment, I think that already this experience has helped her projection and emoting and just her general presence and really bring that charisma out. She sort of had a a more quiet kind of simmering charisma, but now rather than a, a simmer or a smolder, it's really out there and she's very dynamic. And I already think that this experience yeah, and in the past, because of all these interviews, People recognize her voice now, you know, just narrating, you know, it doesn't have to be an interview, interview, but when, when, when you hear her voice, you recognize Ronda Rousey's voice now. 
you know, you and you know, and I know what she sounds like now. But one thing I just have to point out: Why do you think she's gonna go back to UFC or MMA or go to another adventure like acting and other things? You know, for the platform, other things. I think she's here to stay. She is professional wrestler, and she is a full-time WWE superstar. And this is going to be her career, and not going back to MMA or 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 UFC, obviously, or movie or anything. If she does movie, I believe it's it's through WWE. Well. It's very early, and I'm not saying I expect her to, but we're still in the yeah. very early honeymoon phase. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, history, obviously. history shows that with the exception of a very few talent, a very few unique talent, that WWE fires them or they quit or there is a falling out at some point. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but... You know, certainly, I agree with you. She seems very happy. She seems to have found a niche, but we're very early in her career, and anything could happen. Yeah. Well, I vote for um, Ronda Rousey to be WWE, WWE lifer. Um, well, much. Yeah, plus, Roddy Piper himself had many, you know, falling out with WWE Vince McMahon, but uh, they always made up, you know, another, I mean, after two or three years or five years period or whatever, when you look back, yes, they were falling out or making up, you know, again. And uh, when you look back 20, 30 years, Roddy Piper was always WWE superstar. So I, um, uh, this relationship will last for a long time. And also Triple H, um, Stephanie McMahon, in the interview, they always say signing uh, Ronda Rousey was, a, was the biggest signing in WWE history. So at this point, they're not going to let her you know, go easy. Anything could happen. Uh, any, that, yeah, yeah, anything could happen. Any yeah, other observations or thoughts on WrestleMania? Oh, WrestleMania, you know what? It was a long show, but the, all the matches were so rushed. You know, it's like a, you don't really sit down and watch, you know, two guys walk, you know, walking around the ring and then uh, lock up, call on elbow tie up like uh, it's the beginning of the match. They were right, you know, into the high spot. Okay, first match, the main show, a triple threat in a continental title match, right? Um, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Miz. It's it's hard to have you know traditional wrestling match in triple threat situation. But uh, as soon as the match started, they went they went right into high spots. Every match was like that, you know. This year, they seemed so rushed. You know, no quiet. You know, beginning. And building into you know like a telling the story type slow you know single match or anything like that. Every match seemed very rushed, and wanted to have so much content, so much high spot, and a lot of storyline and, and the message in there that they have to put it in there. And the time was like almost a long long show though, real long show. But 
they had so many people doing so many things that it seemed so rushed. To me, it was. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I thought that usually every year there's like a long, epic match that takes your breath away. And while there were yeah, some yeah, fun it's like things, a 30-minute single match. Yeah, there wasn't that long, epic match that really is amazing, uh, and I wouldn't qualify the main event of that main event as that at all. So, yeah, they're really. Oh, which are you talking about, Roman Reigns? And... Roman Reigns and Brock. I mean, that really wasn't an epic anything. Think about think about how many weeks. And you're right. You're you're a little muffled there. Involvement. Hey, for me. Spent... For me. Huh? You're muffled. Who? You are. Are you? Is your chin covering something? Or your hand covering something? No, 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 no. Can you hear me? There we go. There it is. Oh, good. Okay. Think about Undertaker and John Cena match. How quick and short that was. I think it's because Undertaker can't go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that is that is that's a observation from like a very production point of view. But think about how many weeks and. You know, times they had, you know, John Cena and audience and production, TV show, the whole whole thing, storyline spent the hours and hours. And then finally Undertaker came out and gave you a four-minute match. You know, not even a false finish. You know, just go straight right into Tombstone Power Driver, no tease. And they went right to his commercial right after that. Which, you know, I guess it makes sense why they never promised the match and why they didn't have anything. Right, it's like a bonus truck, right, right, right. Because it wasn't going to be, it wasn't, it was going to be a disappointment. Anything special? Yeah, but it's pretty disappointing. Well, they could have done more, something creative to cover the, you know, like injury or, you know, that if Undertaker had to have a short match because he's not, you know, physically all the fit or anything that they could have done something special that come up with the idea that we haven't seen. I'm not just expecting too much, maybe. But but, but the disappointingly short and no climax thing. And, and, uh, it just did the match and you know, went straight home. Yeah. It was a main event, but uh, it did happen, but uh, didn't really deliver, you know? No, but then I mean, again, now now that the Undertaker is working Saudi Arabia show, so it's like, well, the whole retirement thing was, hey, it's it's gone now. That Saudi Arabia show is amazing. The yeah, the, the yeah. amount of money they must be paying Chris Jericho now on the Saudi Arabia show taking on the Undertaker, right? Under the instead of Rusev, you're right. What are you probably, I mean, yeah. Hasn't that happened? Hasn't Ino- Anoki's done some sold shows like this, right? Not in Saudi Arabia. Um, in the, yeah, in the Middle East countries, but not quite Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And also, this see the poster. It underneath that the guy's photos is sponsored by Saudi Arabia Kingdom, and, and uh, they are putting up all the money. No, I think I mean. For those who don't understand, especially in, in independent wrestling, soul yeah. shows have been around forever, and you know, particularly with independent, yeah, yeah, yeah. they love that. Oh, because, yeah, WWE too, New Japan too. Yeah, because you've already made your money; you don't have to sell tickets. It's already right. covered, and it's much easier than a traditional show because you're not responsible for the promotion of it because yeah, you've yeah, already made that. your money. And obviously, 
This is a pretty spectacular show, and I'm wondering... I know you and I have talked about it in the past, about my feeling is is that at some point there will be an international WrestleMania. But, I mean, they're already calling this the greatest Royal Rumble ever, and if this continues, you know, who who's not to say they couldn't call it WrestleMania Part 2 or something I like disagree. that? Something like that. They will never... I can't say never. How do you say never? Say never. I'm sorry, but I don't think there's going to be a, a WrestleMania outside North America. There's a couple of reasons for it. If you remember, see, this WrestleMania is going to be always targeted for English-speaking audience in North America and some Europe, you know, market. If you remember 1975, <laughs> kind of long, long time ago. Muhammad Ali against George Foreman, Kinshasa. That's why everybody knows the name Kinshasa, but it's Congo or, you know, Zaire, African country, okay? When they had Muhammad Ali against George Foreman, it was broadcasted satellite into America, right? Always the business target was North American market. You know what time they had Muhammad Ali, George Foreman match because of time difference? They had to start the title match three o'clock in the morning. Ridiculous, you know. So you always have to consider time difference. It's impossible to have WrestleMania for American market outside of America. Okay, another example I can give you: following year, 1976, Muhammad Ali again against Anthony Inoki, June 26th. 1976, at the Budokan in Tokyo. I remember this very well. The match started 11 o'clock in the morning. Ridiculous. 11 o'clock in the morning is 9 o'clock at night in New York City. That's the time they had to have the match. You know what I'm saying? So almost the same time we're recording right now. As we this in real yeah, because in the prime time in yeah. America, yeah, it's almost eleven o'clock your time, isn't it? It's uh, it's like uh, ten o'clock in the morning. Okay, almost. Yeah, so it's like ten o'clock in the morning at, at the Budokan. It was so special; people were there, but uh, because of the time difference in satellite, and if, what if there's any te- you know technical difficulty or something, and then you're dead. But the, besides the point, um, time difference will always be in a very, very, you know, difficult, you know, main factor, you know, if you can run the show or not. I recognize, so many, I recognize yeah. these factors and I recognize yeah. that they are important, but I think that we're reaching a point where pay-per-view isn't as critical. Um, I think that if there's enough money, I think it will happen. That's WrestleMania? What, I, I, I don't know. I'll bet you if there's enough money in this in Saudi Arabia or Dubai or somewhere in the United Arab Emirates or where have you? All right, this is WrestleMania. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is WrestleMania. The people from all 50 states came to New New Orleans. People from 67 different countries came you know came from I mean, all all over the world huh 67 well, there's more more to that but the, they counted 67 different country you know people from all over the world came to new you know new orleans because they want to have vacation too you know 
if it was reversed, would people in America have vacation in Saudi Arabia? In Dubai, they would. In Dubai, they would. There's theme parks. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, traveling outside in America, see, American people are pretty conservative about it, though. They can be, yes. You know what I'm saying? Because America is, the, most people think America is the best place in the whole world. <laughs> you know? Yes and no, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's very hard to have the same amount of people travel someplace else. So coming we'll to America, so many Japanese fans went to New Orleans. You know, they wanted to have vacation. You know, of course, wrestling is important. And also, you have to hardcore fans. You are going wrestle con ROH show, other independent thing, and meeting in a meet and greet, other things. It's not quite WWE, but uh, they are in town. So that's part of the tradition now, too. Like it or not. I'll know? tell you what. No matter where it is, I'll bet your Masahori will be there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, but uh, he's a special, <laughs> special, you know, wrestling fan. Not everybody can travel like that. He's like the ultimate wrestling fan, Masahori. Of course, of course. How long has he uh, been a fan? Oh, ever since he was a little kid. Is he? He's he's a little bit older than you, though, right? Isn't he? He's younger. A couple oh, years is he younger. Younger, really? Yeah, a couple years younger. Looking at I've met him like for how back... long? I would have. I would. He's been doing it for so long. I apologize <laughs> to Masahori. Ah, uh, yeah, because uh, he's been taking photos with wrestlers since he was like twelve. You know. Yeah, that's why. I guess... <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's... I've met him back in like in the early early eighties. You know. Yeah, he's he's he's. I mean, do all do all the Japanese wrestlers? They all recognize him, don't they? Of course, you know he's been around. It's amazing to me. And all for, all for some some of the some of the wrestlers used to be fans, right? Right. So it was honor for them to take get picture taken with him instead, <laughs> instead of the other way around. Right. And plus, a lot of American wrestlers come over here to Japan. They expect him to you know expect to meet him and expect to take picture with him. Right. One of the pictures yes, that amazed me, one of the guys that were, and we'll talk about some of the Japanese wrestlers who were at WrestleMania and kind of the difference of that. But before we do that. One of the people who I saw has as uh, as Daisuke Sakamoto has he gotten bigger? Daisuke Sakamoto has he gotten bigger from Big Japan? Zero uh, one. Yeah. He looks huge in some of his pictures. Oh really? He looks, okay. He, he looks he looks bigger. Maybe you haven't seen pictures lately, but he looks he looks uh. ridiculous. So, ah, okay. anyway, I'm just... Well, because it took time, time off, so. Yeah, you know. he's, he's yeah, been working out heavy, for sure. So. Yeah, he's and also been... t- taking time off will make you fat. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. he did the he went the other way. Yeah. Um. So, but, a, lot uh, yeah. of, a lot of yeah. people saw, um, you know, a lot of the, the New Japan contingent, uh, you know, some of them wrestled, some of them just came to see, came to be a participate in, in, in WrestleMania. Um, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting is, is on social or taking pictures with fans and things that I think, you know, uh, Tanahashi and, um, uh, Suzuki and other people were just, they are watching WrestleMania, watching to see. Sure. They, they came to building. Well, actually they were invited to um, some of them, uh, WrestleCon. Yeah. And some ROH show, you know, Tanahashi, Minoru Suzuki, um, Okada was there, Liger was there, you know, people like Ishii, you know, 
and they were yeah they were enjoying the weekend that they wanted to come to you know come and watch wrestlemania and uh but if they you know they see them way too close camera might catch him but they were way up upstairs in a stadium still watching and the funny incident was that when brown Strowman walked you know walked around looking for his partner supposedly right and tanahashi at the you know way up in uh vip box said i'll be your partner i'll be your partner and people clapped <laughs> yeah. Now, a wrestling seems, fan, you know. It seems to be a different philosophy for New Japan as far as what they allow their contracted talent to do versus what WWE. But they were not filmed. But they're still in filmed. the crowd. It's not being filmed. They're still in the crowd. You're sort of like a spectator. And most of the time with WWE stars, aren't they usually backstage as opposed to in the audience? Yeah, but they are not seated in a regular spectator area. They, they were seated in uh, some VIP box or VIP room upstairs. Not in a regular audience seating. What about this all-in show? that's put on by the the young bucks and cody rhodes and kenny omega and okada is going to be on this all-in show and for those who don't know it's in september yeah i will explain that september 1st in chicago they want to sell Mm -hmm. ten thousand tickets which would be an incredible Mm -hmm. record Mm -hmm. and an amazing accomplishment even even for independent show yes still it's still going to be impressive no matter what the number is but i guess my question is is if new japan wants to break into the U.S. market, um, wouldn't it be better to, to, to not allow contracted talent like Okada or even Kenny Omega? Or... Tanahashi or anybody yeah, to, to be at the WWE show? No, to be at this all-in show in September. They will be. Yeah, that yeah. seems odd, though, that New Japan, wouldn't it be counterproductive to, to New Japan if they want to sell tickets in the United States to... Ah, uh, ah, they don't look at the New Japan. Don't aim to come into American market on their own. No, they don't. Okay. They do not, or they are not going to run their own show in America. Way too risky, and also they are not committed. They the show can be called New Japan Show, you know, like say like in in California. But they didn't really run it or promote it. They had local people doing it. You know, they are not going to come to American market on their own. And also, they are not going to have time to run shows in America full time anyway. They know that. And they don't look at ROH or those in all in show as, as their competition, their allies. And also, I don't think New Japan look at WWE as competition either. It's the biggest company in the whole world and the biggest company in Asia, and uh, they can coexist. You know, they don't work, you know, necessarily, you know, work together or anything, but they can be friendly at times. And uh, they're both, both companies big and very political about it. And uh, no, no, New Japan is not going to run their own show in America, and they're not going to aim, aim that at all. Any thought- they would like to market them, no? No, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I think that's a, that's a that's an interesting answer to the question. It's a different it's a different philosophy and it's a different attitude. I think than what a lot of people are. Yeah, but I know for a fact. I know for a fact that they are not going to try to run their own show in America, 
And if if they're not going to run somewhat a full time, they're not gonna come in. And they're not they just I don't think they have manpower to run full time company in America. And also they are not going to try this. You know? Japanese market in the domestic company market is the most important thing for you know for New Japan. You know, to maintain number one position. Yeah. They would like to go into Asian countries though, of course. It's a different story. So what are your thoughts on uh, NXT TakeOver? It's a very good show too. Yeah, it's a very good show. Well, some people say it was better than WrestleMania, but uh, that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was really, really good because they have to have a good show. That's their biggest show. Main event was very, very good. Yeah. Why do you say it's and, a stretch? Uh, the better than the WrestleMania show? Yeah, why? They say it was NXT superstars, but NXT is for hardcore fans. WrestleMania gore, you know, like they are like going to World Series or, you know, Super Bowl or, you know, those 78,000 people. Not everybody's a hardcore fan with knowledge. You know, they may know only a few names. You know, but they want to still attend the show. That kind of rather casual audience. Whereas NXT could only um, um, be, be reviewed or watched by real hardcore fans. You know, they are their own entity, of course, brand, their own brand. But they will still always come off like the minor league. Uh, minor league sounds horrible, though. It's a different brand, but uh, still rookie league, you know, it's always going to be a rookie league, don't you think? So I know a lot of hardcore fans, the people who did think that TakeOver was better than WrestleMania, I saw a lot of reactions yeah, on social but media. Yeah, they were like, saying that uh, because they understand wrestling better or something. But look, if NXT show was better and well-marketed, would they be bigger than WrestleMania? Will never be bigger than WrestleMania. Will never be bigger than the main roster show. They're rookie league, you know, rookie league, and their stars are not as famous as main roster stars. So a lot of people who have seen NXT really liked it. They made comments like, "Oh, it's good to see that wrestling's future will be good in the hands of Triple H, and this gives them confidence to whenever." Vince McMahon retires or passes on that Triple H will I think my point of this and I want to get your reaction to this is that there are those people who loved NXT who seem to think that once Vince is out of the picture for whatever reason that Triple H is going to take his NXT philosophy to WWE to Raw and Smackdown what would you say to that well this is still business in and all the superstar has to be marketable. NXT stars are fine, but they, um, see, Ember Moon's fine, but Ember Moon will be bigger star when she comes, you know, to main roster. Well, she did, she did appear on Raw, but I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure she's ready yet, but she wouldn't be the first person who was not ready. It was brought up. We'll see what 
We'll see what happens. Yeah, she can yeah. be protected. Yeah, so these are the most of them are rookie, you know, and it's a good to showcase rookie and give them experience. And they'll be on, you know, on not quite TV, but the NXT show will always be on and WWE Network. And that is that is that two hour show? One hour, two hour show. Uh, weekly, it's one hour. Weekly, one hour. So exposure is pretty limited. Only hardcore fans, like a serious hardcore fan, watch all eight hours of WWE every week. Three hours of Raw, right? You cannot miss this one. And two hours, two hours of SmackDown. That's already five hours. And two o five live, uh, two o five, right? Cruiserweight and NXT. That's five, six, seven. And if you watch any original content of WWE Network is go, wow, this is too much wrestling every week. Yeah, so it's not about, everybody watched that many hours, you know? Yeah, like eight to ten hours, which is roughly about I think half the length of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow, that was long. <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame is my favorite every year. I love the Hall of Fame, but I feel like the the lower card people like Hillbilly Jim and Ivory I know that this is their big moment and everything like that, but I think they need to understand kind of their role in the card and, and not go so long with speeches. We've seen that a couple of times now with for the past uh, few so years. Many, you know, and Goldberg... The speeches were way too long. Yeah, yeah, their speeches were way too long, I felt. I guess, you know, first few people take up a lot of times, you know, yeah. the, the directors and producers are not to, but the, their speech happened to be long, but they, they don't do it. And uh, then they ended up cutting, you know, other people's speech pretty short, you know. Just and sort the of. The gold like... bug was good. It was good. Gold bug, you know, had had to come at the end, and his speech was pretty good and pretty honest. Very sincere. He came off pretty honest. Yeah, very. Yeah, sincere. I thought so. Yeah, and the 2000, 2003, 2004 round was shits. He admitted, you know, but uh, just like his show on WWE Network twenty four that. This ain't about me, right? Yeah, it's like uh, he did it for his family, his son. And, and the story is no fake about it, you know, and, and uh, people believe it. Now I can relate to it, you know. And uh, finally, after after 20 years, Goldberg is a good guy now, you know. And I thought Mark Henry was nice, very, very sincere. Sort of yeah, like very sincere, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, both, both sincere, yeah. I mean, Very especially, especially Mark Henry, when you look at just how, I mean, he was the greenest of the green when he first came up and then they were frustrated with him because they signed him to a big deal and he wasn't performing and they punished him by sending him to developmental to Ohio Valley for a long time. And <laughs> then they made him sexual chocolate and made him attractive to Mae Young and he had an affair with Mae Young and she gave birth to the hand and all of these things to try to get him to quit and... You know, in the end, he tried to get him to quit. Uh, well, two-way street. He finally yeah. he he came around and he had a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he really he earned that ring for sure. Yeah, well, says spent twenty years there. Yeah, yeah. So the Hello. Other, yeah. the other thing about the Hall of Fame um, mm-hmm. is uh, the the legacy. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Did it start like a three years ago? It sounds about right. Two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was there first. First legacy thing. I, I, with my memo, yeah, I have in front of me. You know, last year they had 
is all oh, okay. This year, Stan Stasiak, right? El Santo, Mexican God. Jim Londres, 1930s, biggest superstar. Sputnik Monroe, you have to have him, right? Boris Malenko, Hiro Matsuda, Dara Singh from India. He's like your, what, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, everything else in India. He's like a father of India wrestling. But how about Rufus Jones, you know? But uh, you have to have, you know, a couple women's superstars to Cora Combs. Last year was pretty similar because they had people like Haystack Calhoun, Bearcat Wright, Ricky Doza, Luther Lindsay, June Byers, Jerry Graham, and old, old, old promoter from, you know, 30s, Tootsmont. So they are, you know, they're going to cover all those historical names. I think it's very interesting that uh, if Rufus Jones can go in, you know, people like Bob Geigo should go in. And I say, you're from West Coast. Don, people like Don Owen should go in. I'm sure Don Owen will go in. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm confident of that. And for me, because yeah. I did grow up on, on Don Owen and Portland wrestling, for me, it was mm-hmm, a big deal mm-hmm. that Stan Stasiak went course. in. Of Stan, oh if it, Stan was pretty much a journeyman, but because he was he Made won the WWE title the WWF right. title when mm-hmm, so few people mm-hmm. held the title you know he he has to go into the WWE Hall of Fame of course of course he has to yeah. so but, if it's more you know that the regional you know that um, somebody like Dutch Savage or somebody should go in too right more regional you know you know yeah. um yeah he could you know i mean yeah i think so it's hard you know i think one of the keys i think to getting into any of these halls of fame seems to be you have to have an advocate and it would you know who's to say who would advocate for for dutch savage that's hard to say but yeah i mean why not yeah i'd say that because if rufus jones regional stuff from central states you know right if he can go in there Dutch savage should go in there yeah you know or somebody like uh moondog lonnie main should go in there Right? Yeah, Lonnie Mayne was a big, big star. Yeah, huge. Um, it wouldn't surprise you know since since just you know maybe even Buddy Rose might go in. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. I know that yeah, I know WWE Triple, run. Triple H knows who he is. Shawn Michaels knows who he is. Um, well, they're historians. Yeah. Yeah. So my my thought is 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 you know from what we understand of the way the Hall of Fame seems to work is Vince takes email nominations and. You know, maybe for the legacy, I, I don't know exactly how the legacy works, but if it works that way, my point is that there are some potential advocates for uh, Buddy Rose potentially to go in. But, I, you know, who knows? I don't know how these things work. Yeah, but still, it would go into, they have this conclusion that WWE did conquer the wrestling world. So they should cover a different area. You know what I'm saying? They've been pretty respectful about that. Yeah, yeah. See, like Jim Londas, you know, the biggest superstar before WWF, you know? Arguably uh, those people still should... the biggest star ever. Yeah, so there are quite a few people they still haven't inducted, you know? So I think its legacy wing is very, very interesting that the, what kind, you know, sometimes WWE, his, you know, history, you know, point of view those are kind of revisionist view they change history you know but they still cover historical events you know and did so, pat o'connor go in 
Oh, maybe like a first year. They, yeah, I think he's already in. But um, yeah, one yeah. of the things they sort of, I don't know if it was changing history or they, they just got wrong, but they uh, inducted Hiro Matsuda and they mentioned, what did they say he was a legend in Japan? Yeah, legend in his own way. He didn't really have run in Japan, but he was the first like a free agent wrestler, you know, out of Ricky Dozen school and then went to America, went to Peru, went to South America, Central America, Mexico, and finally the United States. And he did have his like long run and and NWA junior heavyweight champion. And had a long program against people like Danny Hodge. He should go in. And also, he was very famous in Japan after he trained Hulk Hogan. You know, he trained people like Hulk Hogan, um, Bob Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton, Paul Orndorff, Lex Luger, Ron Simon, you know, Ron Simon. So he pretty, pretty much trained a lot of big names. And uh, it's written about it in Japan. One of the things you were talking about before we uh, went on the air was you were talking about Hiromatsuda was the first Japanese wrestler to legitimately win his world title as being chosen in to America. Hold the title as opposed to buying one. Right. Buying one, nothing wrong with it. This is wrestling, you know, but uh, he didn't have this strong connection with big promoter. He was on his own. No company, nothing. But And also he immigrated you know and he had to be good on his own so did and he legitimately break hulk hogan's leg or ankle or whatever it was during... shoulder what... i believe it was a double double wrist lock um like arm lock thing that kimura you know what, what you call it today yeah yes so um, it's uh it's not a leg it's probably like a dislocated hulk hogan's shoulder or something it pops up, you know. Uh, it's just, I'm sure that the, um, it was not Hiro Matsuda who did it. Actually, it was um, Mr. Sato then, it's great, uh, great Kabuki later. Great Kabuki and Masa Saito was in the gym in the Tampa. And those two pretty much got in the ring with young Terry Bollet, Hulk Hogan. So he almost that this is a, but probably those details don't really matter anymore, you know. Well, I'm not that, saying they matter, but that is a legendary story. So let me get this straight. Yeah. Let me let me make yeah. sure I understand you here. So yeah. for for decades, the story has been that yeah. Hulk Hogan went to get trained, and the first day, Hiro Matsuda broke his his leg, his ankle, his shin, somewhere down there. And what you're saying is that Hiro Matsuda did injure Hulk Hogan, but he popped out maybe a shoulder using a Kimura or the, the double wrist lock. Yeah, yeah. And probably it wasn't even Hiro Matsuda. It was probably great Kabuki. So do you think that his leg was not broken, or did Saido and Kabuki break break Hogan's leg? Not a leg. It was, I believe it was double wrist lock. Well, there and you dislocated go. dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. And I, assume is, that... I was never, I wasn't there, and it just you know you, just, you know the story will probably deform, change over decades, and uh, Hulk Hogan himself, you know, told the story in his version of the story. So um, it's all myth now. Speaking of myths, you haven't you haven't seen the Andre the Giant documentary yet, have you? Mm, not yet, not yet. 
I want. I, I really want to. Yeah. We we've talked about Andre, Andre on the on the show before, and we've talked about him uh, being a heel and and what have you. Um, one of the things that you know b- before he lost his legendary match in WrestleMania, he Three. lost he lost to Inoki in Japan, didn't he? Was never pinned. It was submission. How Kogan was never pinned in Japan. I mean, I mean, Andre the Giant was never pinned by Anthony Inoki in Japan. How many it times was, was Andre pinned in Japan? Was he ever pinned in Japan? I don't think so. In the Monster Rushmoff days, yes, once or twice. You know, but after he became Andre the Giant and had regular tour with New Japan and Anthony Inoki's company, he was never pinned. All those years, starting like in 1973 or four all the way until he retired he was never pinned in japan really but antonio never made him made him tap out before he uh he did the honors to hulk hogan it wasn't even tapping out it was referee stoppage referee stopped the match andre did not really tap out on his arm lock yeah no one does that no one did that back then right right so referee stopped the match. I Therefore, mean, submit. Yeah, I wasn't being literal, but yeah, I need the clarification. Right. Well, he never tapped out or being pinned in Japan at all. Not once. There's a lot of stories that, you know, that the Kinect from Mexico pinned under Giant in Mexico. That didn't happen. Uh, there was a story, Bruiser Brody pinned under the Giant in Melbourne, Australia or something, but there's no footage, no photos, nothing. I swear, there's, was... I swear I've seen video on YouTube, grainy video of YouTube of Connect beating Andre. I swear I have seen that. Um, body slammed him, but I haven't seen footage actually pinning him one to three. I watched similar footage okay. on YouTube myself. Oh, real blurry, not good yeah, quality. Not good. You know, cool. Yeah. He body slammed, you know? But uh, I, it was even after the match, even. And, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of things, myth, legend, you know. And uh, everybody knows how Hogan pinned under the giant one to three. And then maybe he, in historically, that might be the only time he was really pinned. Then again, a couple years after that, Ultimate Warrior pinned under the giant night after night after night after night. Yeah, I saw one of those matches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was, so, those matches were awful. That was sad. Yeah, a couple minute matches, you know? Yeah, what and, would happen uh, is that, Andre Andre would come to the ring, and they'd yeah. play the Warriors music, and Andre would start laughing and mocking the Ultimate Warrior and shaking the ropes and not really paying attention. And the Ultimate Warrior would come running in the ring and do his crisscrosses, and the whole time Andre's got his back to him and he's laughing mocking the yeah, warrior. And shoulder block and, and a splash then, and pin him exactly shoulder block splash yeah. pin in like 30 seconds something like that and they did it in all house shows yep. night after night night after night so that part of history could be pretty much erased <laughs> or not acknowledged now but what was, uh, the, what so, was the feeling when when Andre, uh, you know, his last match, I believe, was in Japan, and he was sort of middle of the card working like six mans with Inoki and such, wasn't he? Um, Baba, Baba. Baba, that's what I meant. I meant Baba, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Baba, Russia, Kimura, and Under the Giant Trio. 
yeah. going against three guys in the right before intermission. But that was a the, the place for Giant Baba, you know, the, the, that was a card Giant Baba had for for the last ten years of his career. It a lot of people in America don't understand why Japanese audience enjoy Giant Baba being that way. But it was good to have Giant Baba because people grew you know grew up watching him and uh, he never retired. And the, uh, as a matter of fact, he had you know Giant Baba. It was similar with Andre Giant. He did, did, didn't really retire and just stepped down the card, and but it was still good to see him, you know, moving, and uh, we clap and uh, yeah, it was same role. So Andre the Giant, Giant Baba teaming up was like a like a very you know touching you know just just aging giant still working in the ring, you know. Not bad feeling. Have you ever seen any shows lately? Uh, oh, I have to go. Uh, and also, before I forget, I heard that, you know, how Kogan's story from Greg Kabuki himself. The reason they got in the ring was, I'm going to go, just give me 30 seconds. The reason, you know, that the Masa Saito and Greg Kabuki went into the ring was how Kogan was that the, um, Hiro Matsuda and all three of them, they didn't want how Kogan to be, be in the business. Somebody, you know, or the big big boy, you know, he was in the band. He's a Tampa local. He wants to be a wrestler. Let's stretch him kind of thing, right? Like a real old-fashioned, you know, you know yeah, old-timers mentality. And uh, got in the ring and had a spot. And uh, they went right into submission to tap him out. They so go, hey, this is tough, tough man's business. This is not what you think. Well, and I know that Hulk Hogan was big and had an amazing look, but a lot of times, as you mentioned, a Tampa local, a lot of times yeah. old promoters back then didn't like to start people in the business who were local because, one, you couldn't get rid of them. Two, they could run against you and cause problems like that. So, that's And also not a... Hulk Hogan was always seen at the building, you know, when superstar Billy Graham had run in Tampa, Florida, you know, NWA, Florida, Every week, every week, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollier was sitting in the same spot as a spectator, years and years. And uh, finally, he wanted to be wrestler and uh, came to dojo, and uh, Hiro Matsuda wanted to stretch him. And he didn't do the honor, and I think he had Kabuki do it. So that was a story. Let's go back. No, that's a good story. I'm glad people people will uh, love that story. I think. Yeah, I did. I did hear this, you know, firsthand from Great Kabuki, just just a couple three years ago at his bar. Now I wanted to clarify the, all the rumors because it's a historical story, and but it was like a lot of rumors, and nobody really, you know, like a directly involved really spoke that much about it. And then I had to ask. And uh, Kabuki said that uh, we or they, Hiro Matsuda, whomever, didn't want Hulk Hogan to be in the business. It wasn't Hulk Hogan, it was Terry from, you know, from Florida. So they just showed him it ain't easy. So have you seen any shows this week? Oh, local? Oh, I went, I went to Nozawa's show, yes. <laughs> Nozawa had... Uh, um, I, I, IGF International, it's more of a parody card, you know. Um, it's, uh, I was there, yes. Anything notable on that show? Ooh, 
You know what? If you lived in Tokyo, you can watch some show almost every night somewhere, you know? And uh, he's a friend of mine. Nosawa is a friend of mine, and he's running his own show. So I just went there on Wednesday night, you know, just to sit and enjoy. Very nice. You know? When yeah, is the yeah. uh, when is the Fujinami show? We made, that that hasn't happened yet, has it? April twentieth. Okay. April twentieth. Yeah, yeah. But they are running a lot of stories on how you know how Bob Backlund's, you know, really um, you know, excited to come over, and uh, it would be a six man tag team, Fujinami, Bob Backlund, and Ricky Choshu as a trio, going against three guys. Oh, I thought. Oh, Backlund, three guys. Yeah. I thought Backlund was going to wrestle uh, Fujinami. No, it's going to be Fujinami's side, babyface. Fujinami, Bob Backlund, Ricky Choshu going against um, Tajiri and Shinzaki, who is Hakushi, and Sakamoto. Yeah. And then uh, what are we next week? Why don't we talk about the, the champion carnival? Talk about some all Japan. Sure. History? We talk about history, but also maybe just some updates on what is it's going Current. on. Yeah, okay, 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 that too. Yeah. And then uh, when is when is the the three nights at Budokan coming up? I don't have my phone in front of me. August, August, August. Okay, we got plenty of time on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We have more because the New Japan is doing more things, in, you know, between now and then. Yeah. Well, considering the the history we covered and blowing the roof <laughs> off some old stories, hopefully you will share this show. On uh, on social, you will let people know that you listen to the show and you enjoy the show. That would be awesome. Where can people find you, Fumi? Um, Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O on Twitter. And also, people can find me, Fumi Saito, on Facebook. And I am Jim Valley, J-I-M-V-A-L-L-E-Y on Twitter and also on uh, Facebook. And uh, we will catch up with uh, more stuff, but I think this was a really good show. And again, like I said, hopefully you will uh, be kind enough to uh, share it. And uh, we will really? come back. Okay. We will come back. I'm uh, here to, uh, to share a story with everybody. Oh, wait. I love to. Wait a second. I forgot something. I forgot something. Yeah. One thing. Yeah, we, yeah. I've, I've been so busy. I apologize. That's right. That's fine. The t-shirts. You took the t-shirt to Bull Nakano. Sure, I did. I told you I was going to do it. <laughs> was she? Was she? Didn't wait. Think it's yeah. What was her reaction? Oh, she was happy. She's like, wow, what's this T-shirt for? And it's like, I, see, he, she's not doing, you know, podcasts or anything over here. And then I explain what we do here and also pointing at the little illustration on the wall. Yeah. We took that, you know, illustration, the cartoon, and used that into this logo. And she was happy that we're using her, you know, character as our logo. And, uh, yeah, not going to sue us or anything. Well, that's good. <laughs> She's happy. I don't want to go to court against Bulldog. Yeah, oh, no, no, of course, because she remembers you, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's my she, singing she, partner. We sang like a prayer. Yeah, there's Jim from Seattle, you know, and then I'm doing this podcast thing called, what's a podcast? It's a podcast is like having a radio show on, on the internet. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, yeah, and no. <laughs> it's like, you know, well, but before we know, I'm sure that uh, Bo Nakano will be having her own podcast before too long, you know? Podcast is catching up over here too, you know? Well, that's good. Well, we, yeah, will, we yeah. will do our podcast again next week. Be sure to share yes. and like and subscribe and uh, follow us on the socials. And we will see you next week. And until then. So long from Tokyo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>